Welcome to a, another episode of the Prep Files podcast. We are up to episode 10. And today we're going through what you should expect as a client from your coach. Amy, how are you going? I'm good. I think this is a really good topic coming into the end of comp season and approaching season A where a lot of competitors are reaching out to coaches and looking at either doing a prep or getting an idea of where they are in terms of wanting to compete. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it, you know, it, it lays out the bare minimum of what you should not only look for uh, or be expecting from your coach currently or what you should be asking your coach, you know, what the services they provide is. But yeah, it also gives you a good outline in going exactly what you should expect. And this is what your coach should be delivering uh, in this is in our eyes. And this is in no way, you know, like us selling what we should do, but this is what we would expect as a client from our coaches as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think every coach does coach differently. There are many different ways um, to approach a comp prep, but I think what we can provide today is sort of the basics and the bare minimum that you should expect when looking at investing into a coach. We're going to vary this up with either, you know, online and obviously in person, face-to-face as well. So they should be pretty similar no matter what, and that's going to be Starting off with either a phone call or an initial Zoom call or even a face-to-face consultation, uh, just laying out, getting to know the coach, setting a time, judging on what they do. And just making sure that like you suit that coach as well. I think a lot of people reach out now to social media um, via Instagram or via email and there's not as much communication face-to-face with coaches and clients nowadays, especially with online coaching becoming a lot more popular. So I think the most important thing is, is just actually having that initial consultation if you have a list of questions that you can ask the coach in terms of what they provide and what you're looking to get out of it as well. Because, again, we don't see a lot of coaches face-to-face. I know a lot of the time um, clients are actually meeting their coach for the first time, say, on show day in person and because it's all done online these days. Yeah, correct. Even after that initial consultation or that phone call or that Zoom call, whatever you're getting, you should be either getting some sort of questionnaire or, you know, even just a full one hour sort of, whether it be one hour or 90 minutes or however long, just that consultation where you're going to discuss your goals and the timeline. And if you're online, you might have already sent some photos through so the coach can give you a, a good estimation on sort of what that timeline is going to look like and they can plan ahead or just plan it out with you on the spot. Uh, and also going through the nutrition aspect and laying it all out you know, straight off the bat. I think that's the most important thing because if you can get your nutrition and your timeline and your goal sorted straight away, that's going to be impeccable and the timing for that is going to be dependent really. Well, a lot of people reach out and they uh, usually have been thinking about doing a comp prep for, say, years or months and just getting a bit of an idea of where you are and what it actually takes to get to stage. It's good for a client to... I suppose, get that timeline and just say, hey, you are here and it's going to take us X amount of time to get you ready for a comp because a lot of people don't actually know what condition they need to be in or how far they are away from the stage. I know I've had a few clients come to me wanting to compete as soon as possible and, you know, I've been with them now for, say, a year and we're only looking at competing two years prior to them starting with me. So comp prep isn't just getting a coach and competing straight away. It can take a period of time depending on where you're at. And I think 
as a coach, it's really important to lay out that foundation of, you know, you want to compete, that's fine, but it is is a long-term goal. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's also something from a coaching perspective that you should that you should be expecting to have some bullshit called out as well. Um, I know a lot of people will go come in with some false pretenses or, you know, some false expectations going for a female that might think they're going to be a fitness model uh, when in retrospect, they're really probably only suited to bikini because they've got a good 15, 20 kilos to lose. And the same goes for men. You know, a lot of guys will say they've got so much more muscle than they really have when in, in, in hindsight, you know, the coach is going to sit there and go, mate, you've got about 20 kilos to lose and you're not doing classic, you're doing fitness. Because deep down under all that, there's not a lot of not as much muscle as you expected. And that's obviously where, as we've spoken before, the initial pre-prep fat loss phase is going to be very handy as well because it's going to help readjust any timeline expectations that you had. And that's where as well, at the same time, you, know, you might make some claims at the start in terms of going, okay, I think you might be suited for, let's say, fitness for a male. And then you do the initial fat loss phase and there's not as much as we thought. We go, all right, well, you know what? We're going to have to build for a little bit longer than anticipated. So, you know, if you really want to do physique, this is what we're going to have to do to build a bit more lean lean mass and tissue. But if you, you're happy to do fitness because that's where you are on a muscular development perspective, then that's what we're going to do and we'll stick to the initial timeline. So from there, we were talking about, you know, your initial consultation and, you know, you'll have a questionnaire, you'll go through current nutrition, current lifestyle habits, current routine, training, etc. But the biggest one, I think, and this is, maybe this is just me, whether you're online or in person is having a, a structural balance. This is a big one where I don't see happen a lot anymore. For me, I can't write a program without a structural balance because I want to see I don't want to just give a program to a client and then they send it back and go, oh, we probably shouldn't have given that because you're a bit weak here, et cetera, et cetera. So you might have a list of exercises that you send out to a client and go, okay, send me videos of you performing this exercise, or it might be face-to-face where they perform a set of exercises in front of you so you can make some assessments and go, well, this is weak. This is an imbalance. You may look good. You may look like you can squat, but put a bar on your back and you just fall down like a sack of potatoes. So really there's no strength. You might have to go even a bit longer because you've got to build some strength in order to build some muscle and at the same time. And the last thing we want is someone going in the gym and they do decide to do a prep and we go ahead with it and all of a sudden we get to you know the last couple of months of prep and they've been squatting with really bad technique and all of a sudden they have an injury like how many people do you see that get into show and then all of a sudden they you know pull a muscle or they do themselves an injury and it's like well these things could have been prevented if we just had that structural assessment to start with because I know I suppose it's more we get it being an in-person coach and we see it a lot more. I don't think I've ever had a client come to me who has squat under a bar perfectly the first time I've seen them, even just a body weight squat. There's always things that we're tweaking and fixing to make it, I suppose, better technique, injury prevention before we even get them squatting under a bar. So if you are an online coach, these are things that you do actually have to be aware of is how does your client move and how do they perform a movement? Because if you're giving your client a squat to target, say, their quads more and all they feel is their glutes, it's like, well, are we really getting what we uh, set out to achieve? Exactly right. And not only that, but if if a client is not moving in the most efficient way 
possible for that exercise and they are overcompensating with other muscles, then it's really going to throw, like you said, everything that you're planning or everything your coach is planning, it's going to start to shit really because as you said, you're trying to build more quads. So you go and go and squat, 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 and they're just getting a big ass. It's like, well, I mean, you know, we needed quads, mate. We needed quads. So, and yes, look, you can look at it and go, okay, we can just do a hack squat instead. Um, but I think... Just being the most effective with your programming, really. Yeah, exactly. So, and then if we move on to during a prep or for the prep, you should really have a plan or a, or a breakdown of, of what phases that you will be going through, whether that be over the next three, six, 12, 18 months of planning. And I know, yes, a comp prep is subject to change, but there should still be an outline and a plan that you know, like, yes, it's going to change. Yes, your body doesn't always respond the way that we think it does, but there should be an outline and a bit of a plan and a guide for you to know what phases you're going through. And that helps you as a client to go, well, okay, I've got a couple more weeks to enjoy my high food. What until we move into a fat loss phase and it sort of gets you ready. And that way, at the same time, you might not have your check-in on a Friday or, or a Wednesday or, or a Sunday. And it's like, well, you need to get your shopping ready. And it's like, okay, I know my food's coming down next week. And we've really articulated that within our weekly check-ins over last week. And we know it's coming. So I know I need to, instead of buying rice this week, I might be buying potatoes or, or some spud light. So, because my, my calories are coming down or my fats are coming down, et cetera. I think that also then carries over to not only should you have a plan from your coach, but you should also be checking with the with them at least at a minimum weekly. And what would you say as a client, Amy, you would expect from your coach as a weekly check-in minimum? Like what do what do you want to see your coach monitor? They should be monitoring not only statistics, so not only let's say body weight numbers in the gym but it's also other metrics like how's your stress how's your sleep how's your water intake how's your energy levels it's not just the numbers that we want to see as a coach it's also what comes alongside that because I can't tell you how many times that I've seen a client who may have had a weight spike and as a coach you automatically can't just jump to oh they've stuffed up their diet yes a lot of the times it is adherence but if you then find out that that person has only had three hours of sleep that night, you go, well, you know what, even if your food was all on plan, that amount of sleep is not going to help your body recover and rest for the next day. So not only do you want to track the numbers, but you also want to know the data surrounding those numbers and why they're occurring. Yeah, exactly. And and that might come from somebody like me who has kids that wake them up in the middle of the night. So you might notice some some weight fluctuations and some changes or, you know, for us, you know, for instance, who do wake up earlier on a Monday to Friday and do have that maybe one hour less sleep. So weight is a little bit higher and then you have those bit larger jumps on the weekend. But not only that, when it comes to a female as well, weight will generally come up as it gets towards the cycle, menstrual cycle. Jeez, that was really hard to get out. I sound like I'm embarrassed, but it's not. So weight will start to jump up, and I've just yelled into it. Amy's going to kill me for that. Weight will generally jump up for females by at least a kilo as they get towards uh, their cycle. So that's something to keep in regards to. So for females, you want your coach to be really monitoring and asking you about your period and how it's going. It's not something to be embarrassed about, just as like if your coach goes, hey, do you poo? How many times a day do you poo? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
that is important and impeccable as well. And especially important when it comes down to your fat loss phase with your digestion and menstrual cycle as well. There's never too much TMI, as I always say. (laughs) We're constantly talking about poo, menstrual cycles, food, every day with our clients. There's never too much TMI. Like the more we know, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, when you are messaging your coach, expect some responsiveness. I mean, yes, we're all busy, but it shouldn't be more than 24 hours and you're expecting a response from your coach. And if it is, look, shit happens sometimes. We're all there. We all get it. It happens. Things get lost. We're all busy. You know, send another one. Maybe Optus failed and you didn't, your message didn't go through or your coach didn't get your message. Uh, but generally speaking, I would be expecting as a client a 24-hour response, even a 12-hour response, really. You, you can't be that busy. And most people do spend most of the time on the phone. You can't be that busy not to reply the same day or within 24 hours, really. Absolutely. And I think if you don't get that response time within the 24 hours, I think there should be at least a courtesy message saying, hey, look, you know what, I'm away, etc. I'm not going to get back to you for the next 24 hours. Um, just letting you know, there should never be a client that has left going, oh, no, should I have messaged them? Maybe I shouldn't have waited. Maybe I should have waited for my check-in. As a client, you should be able to reach out to your coach whenever you feel like you need to. If you're waiting for your check-in just to check in with your coach, let's say something's happened throughout the week and you wait a whole week to tell them, it's like, well, why don't you tell me sooner? I could have done something to help you. I can't tell you the amount of times that clients, they feel like they can't message their coach because they go, oh, I don't want to, you know, annoy them, interrupt them. Like, that's why we're here. We're here for you to reach out to us. And it's our job as a coach to guide you um, in the right direction. That's right. And and as a coach, that's our job. That's what you're hiring us for. And I'm, and it might be, you know, as easy as just even asking a coach going, hey, what times are you most likely to check? I mean, I laid all that with my clients at the start. I said, look, you can message me whatever time of the day you want. I won't reply if I'm in a session and my phone goes on do not disturb from 9 p.m. until 4 a.m. So if I if you send me a message at 9.30, expect a reply at 10 past four when I wake up. And that's just how it is. And I expect your phone, if you're not awake, I expect your phone to be on do not disturb as well because I don't want to be interrupting your sleep just as much as I don't want you interrupting my sleep. So even having those ground rules and those boundaries sort of set from the start is going to be impeccable and helpful. But also it's it's going to help you on your journey and so you know what to expect as well. It's going to really lead in those expectations. And maybe you might even have an expectation sheet that your coach has given you going, okay, your coach might respond best on WhatsApp or, or Instagram. So that's where you want to contact them the most and that's where they've told you to rather than you keep text messaging them and they don't have the app available or et cetera, et cetera. So they're, because they're always on Instagram and that's the way they like it. Even this week, I got one of my clients' phones and I said to them, all right, you're getting messages and you're replying to people at 11 p.m. at night. I was like, give me a phone. Let's put it on do not disturb. And I set them a schedule and said, all right, I myself, I'm asleep by 8.30. So if you message me from 8 p.m. onwards, my phone's on do not disturb and I will be replying to you after 5 a.m. the next morning. So I got their phone and I said, all right, I'm going to do the same thing for you. For them, their bedtime was, say, 10 o'clock. From 9.30 onwards, your phone's on do not disturb. People, if they need to message you, they can wait till the morning. You don't need to be replying to texts at 12 p.m. at night. If it's urgent and it's family, of course, you have those wiggle room for them. They can get through. But 
really essential to look after your own sleep and to really make those boundaries because throughout prep, I guarantee you, the biggest thing is your sleep. If you are not sleeping, not only is fat loss going to be a lot harder for you, but it's also going to cause a lot of other effects down the track. So having a phone on do not disturb is actually like my top tip for everyone. If you haven't got it on and you haven't got it scheduled, please get your phone out and do it now. And just, just on that topic of, you know, with family and friends and people that are required and do have that urgency, you can add people in so they do slip through the do not disturb, whether it be via message. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got my parents and, and my wife who slips through that do not disturb so that if it is an emergency and I am asleep, my phone just goes off all guns blazing. So definitely do that now. Put your phone on do not disturb set a timer, set a schedule, put the people in that you want allowed to get through. No, that is not, you know, your girlfriend's brother's boyfriend's pet. They do not count. Okay. Or your sister's cousin's first husband. Just essentials. The rest, essentials. they can wait. Essentials and emergencies. That's right. Exactly. And if you're replying to my message at 12 p.m. at night, I'm going to be more angry than happy too. So go to sleep and reply to me in the morning, please. Oh, you... That's right. You, you'll hear about that the next day. It's like, hmm, hmm, you replied to my message after I sent uh, after I sent it to you. Well, then we're both, well, to be fair, we're both in trouble because if I'm up that late, then we've got some other issues anyways. So apart from all the responses time and, and you know, obviously the, the planning and the check-ins, et cetera, you also should be expecting a your nutrition, really, whether that be either via meal plan or via macros. And we've discussed this on what episode was that? What episode did we discussed that on? That was oh meal plans versus macros. Oh, that was a while back. But we've discussed that, and that's going to be dependent on what suits you, and that's going to be something that you get through with your coach, whether it be macros or meal plan. And you know, because if your nutrition is not looked after, you're you're just playing a guessing game, really. And when it comes to comp prep, there's no room for guessing. Yes, there is obviously a uh, an element of guessing and guesstimation, but at the same time, you shouldn't be left up to your own devices to guess as well. Especially for important weeks, say like the week before show or post-show or the first initial plan, you should have that well in advance. So it just takes the stress off for you as a client too because you know what to expect and you're not sitting there going, what's my coach going to give me? Is it going to be this? Is it going to be that? You should have a plan, especially for leading into a peak week it is really essential that you have a plan yes it is subject to change but you should have an outline of what you're doing because even myself I know how stressful it is leading into show you've got a lot of things running through your mind one of those things is am I going to be ready how's this all going to work how's show day going to run I've got lots of appointments coming up so making sure that you've got your food is probably the bare minimum that a coach should provide to you I'd say at least at minimum the week before. Yeah. And just going on that, what in terms of if you're not seeing your coach face-to-face, how often should you be sending them photos? If it's online weekly, if it's leading into show, probably daily, maybe even twice a day. Yeah. And venturing into that peak week, what what is what should peak week look like from a client perspective? Maybe what, what should they be getting? What should they expect? What sort of detail should there be? I mean, how how much... How much should their coach lay out for them? 
So as a coach leading into peak week, it is probably one of the most crucial times. Only the reason being is that more can go wrong than right during this week. If you're changing a lot of variables, there are a lot of things that can go wrong. So really having contact with your client daily is so important. I know we are almost glued to our phones. Even though we're in-person coaches, we're glued to our phones daily leading into show. We're getting check-in photos from them twice, sometimes three times a day. We're sending them their nutrition updates, if not daily, every couple of days, making changes that need to be made. And we're sending constant feedback. So we're really like, especially reassuring clients during peak week, because sometimes it can be stressful and we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to perform well as soon as we've done a long 20-week prep that that last week as a coach you really should be responsive on your phone so you shouldn't be taking 24 hours or even 12 hours to get back to a client during a peak week you should be turning around within a couple of hours because those adjustments that we need to make can sometimes be on the fly. Literally, I can't tell you how many times I've received photos and said, no, we need to change today's plan. We need to pull back on the carbs. We need to increase the carbs. And if I didn't have that contact with my client for 12 hours, they've eaten the whole day's worth of food. I can't take that back now. Yeah, absolutely. And and yeah, and it just ends up a downward spiral and you've got to dig backwards rather than trying to head forwards in the right direction. So, which brings us to, to show day. You should be getting a whole complete plan from what time you need to wake up to what time you go for a walk to what time you need to eat to what time you need to leave to what time your first show is to what time your hair and makeup is and this should be laid out for you look there should be a rough plan given to you let's say for ICN their times are usually roughly given out a week a week or two before and then finalized a couple days before so I know with my clients as soon as I've got any sort of timeline it's like okay bang, here's what it's going to look like. Let me know when you get your hair and makeup done. Okay, bang, readjust. Hair and makeup, this is what we've just adjusted things. Okay, now times are finalized and this might be two days before. Bang, this is what it's going to look like and this is what we need to do. I think at the bare minimum, you should be giving them a plan for everything up to leave for the show and be ready for their scheduled timeline up. I know a couple of shows, they have a morning show and they have a night show and they don't actually give you an exact time. And even if they do give you a time, the times are a rough estimate. So making sure that you have a plan for your client for them to get there on time, if not early. So then if things do change, you're not panicking and running around stressed going, where's my client? Have they arrived yet? Have they had their meal? Have they pumped up, et cetera? Especially if you're as a coach, if you've got a couple of clients competing, you're only one person. You can't be in five places at once. So they really need to have a plan really right up until stepping on the stage and they should know exactly what to spec. So if things are running ahead, they know what they need to do. If you are with another client, they are somewhat self-efficient and can get themselves ready without the stress of, I don't know what I'm doing. As you said, leading up to the show day plan should have everything to when they leave the show. That's including your post meal, the post show meal. And I don't know how many times we've obviously been over this, but it's not just whatever you want, wherever you want, how you want. Your last meal of the day, your post, you should be, you should know exactly what you're going to be eating for the rest of the day, post-show, next day, bang on. Like you should be prepped and ready to go already for, for the day after your show and know what you're doing, know what you're training, know what's going on. It's not just, okay, see you later. It's 
And even then, you, you might have already discussed goals. I know like for you and I, we already discussed goals as soon as you got off stage. Um, I know with my last competitor, I had her goals ready for her the next day because I, I we'd, we'd spoken obviously during the weeks in comp and gone, okay, all right, we know what needs to be done. We know what needs to be, we, we want to do next. Even my last competitor, I had a plan laid out for her post-show, her meal plan, her macros, and her meals were already prepped. So the week of peak week, she was actually prepping her meals for post-show. So because the show was on Sunday night, she was up the next morning, she was back to work. So if she hadn't got a plan, she would have woken up the next morning for work and she would have had nothing organised. Not only that, there's no show date now, so there's no pressure of jumping on stage and being in a bikini. So that really leads to basically eat whatever the fuck you want, which is not what we want post-show. We want to have some plan. Jeez, what's that language, Amy? Sheesh, we're ripping it out there. Be passionate, aren't we? I can't oh. tell you the amount of times <laughs> I have heard competitors not having a post-show plan prior to stage, and it just, if you can't tell, it frustrates me. Everybody, if you didn't know, post-show plans really get under Amy's skin. They do. They really do. And I know I've had a few my own clients, they've heard of, you know, other competitors and post-show, they're sort of, you know, having a bit of a discussion around prep and what they're doing post-show, what it's going to look like. And so many times I've had my clients come back and say, oh, such and such is competing and they haven't got a post-show plan. And I'm like, what? What do you mean? The post-show plan is so important. It's just as important as prep because as we've said in pretty much every episode, just because the show's over doesn't mean that your prep is over. Yeah, exactly right. And I think as much as, you know, expectations that you should have your coach, your coach should be giving you expectations of yourself and giving you a list of expectations of what they want from you and what they're expecting from you during show, during prep, post-show, on show day. You know, it, it goes both ways. And this is where communication is going to be obviously impeccable and important. Um, and as a client, you need to also communicate with your coach what your plans are post-show because are you wanting to prep again or are you wanting to transition to normal day life? That's going to be, like you said, an, an ongoing conversation and an ongoing communication. And honestly, the best thing that you should expect from yourself or as, from yourself to your coach and expect from your coach to you is openness and honesty because the more honest you are and the more open you are, the easier the process is going to be. Yes, it might make things a bit more difficult when you go, hey, I haven't been to the bathroom in five days. It's like, oh, we need to really like get get knuckled down and find this out. But it might be as simple as going, your coach going, oh, that's why your weight's not moving because you haven't been to the bathroom. Okay, maybe next time you you might say day by day, hey, haven't been today. And that's where your daily metrics and and check-in sheets should be daily really when it comes down to it. So, Amy, is there anything else that I think we've missed on on what you should expect from your coach um, or what you should expect during your from your coach during a prep? I think asking that initial console, what is it going to look like? So you know what you're in for and you know what you're doing leading into show because if your coach hasn't told you that it's going to take them 24 hours to reply and then you're expecting a reply within one hour, then that's where obviously that communication between the two can start to fade. So just making sure that you are both very clear in communication, both from a client and both from your coach and communication is key. Exactly right. Well, I think that just about does it today. Amy, 
where can everybody find you and where can everybody find details on our podcast? So you can find me on Instagram at Amy Dorrell. You can also find us on Instagram at the Prep Files Podcast. We do also have a question link in our bio. So send us any questions you might have or topics that you'd like us to discuss and we will answer in upcoming episodes. Yeah, and you can find me on Instagram at coach underscore Folino. That's F-O-L-I-N-O. And you can also find us both down at 381 Swan Street and Enterprise Fitness, where we both spend the most of our time. Also, don't forget that if you are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, spread the word, share it around. We really appreciate it. We just want to get this out uh, to as many people as possible and help as many people as possible. Until then. Bye, guys.